Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> True. Oh, let's not, let's not go there. So, you know, when you think about it, it becomes very easy to be nihilistic, which is why this is episode 62 of the Halcyon <laughs> Frequency podcast. I'm blind and I'm hosting again. It's been a minute. Uh, Kiri's here. Hello. How are Hi. you? I'm okay. Thank you. Uh, FG is also here and present. Hi. Talking. Yes, I am here and present and talking and uh, I'm doing great. Thank you. And we, we, have, a, we have a guest today who's uh, joining us and uh, I'm just going to say, hey, Rawl, you want to introduce yourself? Tell people who you are. Hey, I'm Rawl Storage. I am a uh, variety streamer on Twitch and... I mean, I'm most known for Project Zomboid because I used to hold a record in that. But um, otherwise, generally, I just advocate for people with disabilities and neurodivergent conditions and play games. So on, on today's episode, we're going to be doing our usual shambling through uh, kind of a intro set of topics where we talk about things that have been going on in the last week. And then we're going to talk about games. And then we have a big old news block at the end of the show. So should be a pretty good uh, day's worth of halcyon frequency talking in your ears today. And I'm kind of floundering right now. It's been a while since I've hosted one of these. And when I don't host one for a little bit, it kind of goes... How do I how do I do this again? Like, how does podcasting work? How does keeping a conversation flowing in a somewhat coherent fashion work? I don't know. There's a rubber duck on my desk. How is everybody doing? <laughs> yeah, not too bad. But I was I was just gonna say I have the same thing if I don't stream for a few days and then it's like, oh, this is weird. Wait, this is like I don't know. Like for the first like couple of minutes, it just feels really weird to do it because you're like it's really empty and quiet and. I'm just sitting here shouting at a microphone and Definitely. a screen. And you're checking if everything's okay and you don't remember if you press all the buttons that you need to press. And it's fun. It's like even little things. Like I forgot to open up time.is today. Yeah, wow. it happens. It's little things. Yeah, It's all yeah, the little true. things. I also forget where <laughs> the... I'm at in whatever game I'm playing too. It's like, oh, I'm here. What was I doing? <laughs> I have a it solution is... to that. Only play one game. <laughs> and then the, the the other games that you play, just make sure they're games that when you die, you start over. So, like, you're always at the beginning. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's why That's you play roguelikes. I, I see. So you play the... Uh... It all so makes sense now. I don't have to remember now. what I was doing. I'm, I'm, I'm done playing. All right. Just yeet yourself into a chasm. <laughs> done. <laughs> I see. That's that's calculated. I like it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, didn't know that Blind would expose himself on this uh, episode of the podcast, but apparently that's what's happening today. Someone had to. Yeah. yeah. Turns out, indeed. That's, uh, it's all like chronically restarting games is like a pastime as far as I'm concerned. C certain games, yes. Yes. Certain types of games. Yeah. So um, I, I know this is like kind of video games but not quite because it's not out yet did anybody here see that preview footage for the new legend of zelda oh i no. forgot no i because, saw like, that they're, it was posted just... and i wanted to watch it but i forgot they're, they're just straight up making scrap mechanic now but also like every everything just has a property and you can attach anything to anything practically so you can take like a door 
and attach it to a spear, and it makes a giant fan that creates wind that pushes stuff back. Or like okay. you could put a spear on a spear and just make a bigger spear. Or you could put a door on a sword and it swings at a different angle but has the same effect. Or you could put on like cut somebody's eyeball out and then put it onto an arrow and then it becomes a homing arrow. Now that meme that I've seen makes so much more sense. <laughs> You, you could put a eyeball on a spear and then throw the spear and it's a homing spear. <laughs> <laughs> sounds fun. Yeah, that sounds fun. It sounds like a bunch of people at Nintendo just watched all of those physics videos of people just like launching themselves across the map using stasis or whatever and were just like, hey, what if we just did that? <laughs> I do have to admit, I haven't even played uh, Breath of the Wild. Neither have I. I don't own a Switch. And mm. I don't really have any intention on buying a Switch. So it's not super high on my priority list of things to do. Yeah, but makes sense. I played it I, for I'm several hours. To all the YouTube videos. And it was fun, but I just never finished it. It's a big game. Yeah. There's a lot to do. I kind of miss... Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I was just going to say, there's also an ability that like you press a button and you just appear on top of whatever roof of the thing you're standing in is. So there's like a there's like a video of like Link just walking around in like a dungeon and then just like flying up to the ceiling and then crawling out of the dirt. I don't know. It looks like a game that's designed to be sequence broke. Mm. Looks kind of wild in that regard. Anyway, what what were you gonna say, FG? I was just gonna say I kind of miss the old type of Zelda games, the more puzzly, dungeon focused ones. I don't know. I kind of miss them. The last Legend of Zelda that I played was A Link Between Worlds on the 3DS. Yeah, me too. It was very much that. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, agreed. I think the last Zelda game I actually properly played was Link to the Past. Like, when it went 3D, I just wasn't into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah some of them, definitely. A friend of mine from a couple of years ago tried to convince me that I really, 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 really wanted to play uh, the the uh, Wind Waker uh, when that remastered came out or remastered version came out, and I just kind of I don't know bounced off it. I don't think I actually made it off the first island. Yeah, just I missed I missed the puzzly ones. Was like, eh. But I mean, clearly a lot of people are, it is resonating with a lot of people, so I guess good for them. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they, they have characters that people like, right? They have mm. archetype characters that are simple to transplant into other things that people like. And uh, they've figured out what the younger generation wants, which is big, infinite sandbox. People like Minecraft. People like, I don't know, Rust. People like, uh, you know, big games where you can just kind of build things. They sell very well on Steam. So why don't they just mm. make a big sandbox and put a bunch of tools in it? Makes sense. Add some dungeons. Splat Ganon in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I, can I just say what, what sort of announced, like, teased sort of Nintendo game that I'm kind of low-key excited about? They announced that they're working on a new Layton, and I'm actually excited about that. So Professor Layton, that puzzle, like, which is just puzzles, and they're kind of going back to the old ones because they, they kind of, because Layton, obviously, like, like the, the, the series with L Professor Layton, as the character ended so they tried to like pivot to a new character and that just didn't work so they're kind of going back they're not bringing him back but they're kind of going more to the old school because they also kind of changed how the game worked a little bit 
and they're going more back to like the old school ones and i'm actually kind of low-key excited for that because i actually really enjoyed those ones on the on the ds and whatnot the latent games were really good i played one of the latent games i couldn't tell you which one it was mm. i, I never heard of that before really no you've never heard of the professor latent games no they're ah. just puzzle games they're puzzle games yeah yeah but probably they... that's why well no they're not they're not like they're not like um they're not necessarily like like i know hard. what you mean like there's puzzle games that are just kind of uh, tedious but these are like charming they're really nice they have a really nice art they're not all the puzzles are like super difficult and they're not really like necessarily puzzly they're more like they're a bit that there's a lot of cleverness in it mm -hmm. like the puzzles are somewhat simple but when you do it you feel you feel clever as well like i don't know they're it's games that make you feel smart okay yeah, a bit. yeah okay. It's I, like, I, it's, I like the sound of that yeah and it's a bit about like pattern recognition and certain bits and that sort of stuff like those types of puzzles not like super duper like moon logic type things mm -hmm uh either like i i really enjoyed them i love how yeah. mood logic just lives in everybody's vocabulary these days and i wonder how many people actually know where it comes from i don't point. know where it comes from but it's a it's an adventure game uh, moon monkey uh, island mr mr moon was one of the designers on puzzles in monkey island yeah uh, i see and he was notorious for making puzzles that made absolutely no logical sense <laughs> well today i learned yes I played the original Monkey Island when it came out, like at the time, but I did not know. I was not aware of uh, Mr. Moon's uh, involvement. <laughs> he was just one of their puzzle designers. Mm. But yeah, gotcha. Moon Logic, like um, Moon Logic, is a very notorious thing as well in like just other point and clicks because he he traveled around a bit and then the term just kind of took off. It's like, oh, mm. do you have a puzzle where like it like the it, the the pieces make no sense and the outcome makes no sense? That's Moon Logic. <laughs> bad puzzle design i'm not clever for most uh most adventure games so they don't make me feel clever because exactly because of that so what you do is you just have all the items in your bag and just drag them on top of each other to figure out if some of them maybe stick together <laughs> yeah and that's not fun no that's that's really, really not fun raul do you have any experience with nonsensical logic and point and click games uh, i've played Plenty of things like Day of the Tentacle and stuff like that in the past, and just finding something like, all right, I have the item. Let me just wander across the entire map and attempt to apply it to everything because nothing <laughs> makes sense in this world. But it's a lot of fun. Playing yeah. the, the the entire joy of playing something like Day in the Tentacle that was just looking at the animations. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Sometimes you got to push old ladies downstairs. Or if you're playing Maniac Mansion, you have to put a hamster in a microwave. <laughs> okay. And now both of you are on a list. Have well, you never played Maniac Mansion? Uh, I never did, no. It's the game that comes before Day of the Tentacle. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Like, like both of those were not super big adventure They're games in the German-speaking sphere. <laughs> like, like, even for adventure games. Like, I mean, adventure games is obviously a subset of gamers only, but like... Even like like those were not that prolific. Like I don't think I know anybody like from like the, my at the time that played them when they came out. It was either Maniac Mansion or Day of the Tentacle where you can actually like game over yourself by killing the main character. I can't remember which one it was. I 
think probably Maniac Mansion, because there's definitely a couple ways you could game over that one. Day of the Tentacle is far more merciful. I, I just I just remember that all you had to do is stand in the pool and then fill up the pool, and then just wait. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think you could also blow up the house in Maniac Mansion if you um drained the pool, which cooled off the radio, like the uh the nuclear reactor underneath the pool. Huh. I believe you could destroy the house that way as well. Yeah, video games. They they were wild. Um, yeah, I was but, just going to uh, say, why is there a nuclear reactor underneath the pool? <laughs> it's Maniac Mansion. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Mm. I mean, you got to keep it cooled off. That's true. That's true. You wouldn't want to put someplace else in the house. I, I, and also, like, <laughs> I would say that that's very environmentally friendly. You know, you get a heated pool and your house doesn't <laughs> blow up. But... Yeah. Um, on the topic of things that probably need to blow up, I think we're, we're going to... we got a long list of video games to talk about this week, so I think we're going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about the games that we've been playing this week. And we're back with episode 62 of the Halcyon Frequency podcast. Uh, we've got quite the list of games to talk about here, and I, I think the one that I'm going to throw us into right now is our guest, Raul, who's going to... Give us kind of the, the elevator pitch on a game that's come up on this show before, and I think has since left early access, which is Sunhaven. Yeah, so Sunhaven is a slice of life game. Um, so it kind of gives you certain certain feels of like Stardew Valley kind of vibe, but um, it's got like way, 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 way more depth going on for it. So like one of the the comparison I've been using on my stream is. When you play Stardew Valley, you do a bunch of foraging, you hit level 5, and it goes, okay, choose A or B. And and that's fine, you get that again at, like, level 10. Um, whereas with Sunhaven, you go all the way up to, like, level 50, and each and every level you get a point, and there's a tree that, like, you get four different options per tier, per five points, and all that. So there's, like, a whole bunch happening that you can kind of min-max. Um, and on top of that, like, Stardew Valley your end goal is make grandpa proud. Whereas, I mean, there's all the community stuff too, but in Sunhaven, there's actually like an overarching story where you're trying to save the world and all that. So it's like someone took, you know, the story from Secret of Mana, not literally the story, but that kind of an epic, mashed it in with Stardew Valley, added broader systems, and said, there's your game. So it's been, it's been really good. I would say it's underrated, but everyone I've heard play it has liked it. I would say it's not being found as much as it deserves. Yeah, as somebody who like kind of almost I want to say spearheaded like the movement on Twitch to stream Sunhaven. <laughs> um now that it's out in 1.0 release, um I I 100% agree. It's it's been so fun. And I've been enjoying it. I've played like 60 hours. I'm just now in winter one. And it's just, it gives you that that Stardew Valley feel, but it's new because you haven't seen it before. You haven't played it before because it's not Stardew Valley. It's something different. And it does certain things different. And it, I, it does, I, I think, certain things better. It does certain things worse. It's by no means perfect. There's definitely some stuff some quality of life things that I would hope that they add later on still. But like, it's just been so nice to sink into a um, live sim game that that's, that's finished. And that is um, just, it's just fun. It's like everything is, the systems work. There's a, there's so much story. There's so much content and it's just, ha, it's good. 
I know I like I, I gushed about this game like two weeks ago already. So I'm gonna keep my 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 contribution brief here. I'm I'm still liking it. I still have played more. I'm as I said, sixty hours in. It's still good. Get it. <laughs> one of the things I'll add, which may have been talked about in the last one, I I don't know. But um one of the things I do appreciate about it is there's a lot of mechanics that people add to game that I refer to as slowdown mechanics, that they're just stuff to prolong gameplay. I haven't seen much of that, and like some of the ones that are popular in the genre, like the stamina bar, where you have to manage your stamina for the whole day and your character gets tired, so you'll have days in other games that, you know, it's only like 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. your character's about ready to collapse with exhaustion, and your choices are like, consume half your product just to keep going or end your day early that this doesn't do and i appreciate it. And they also have like where you can toggle off mm. different things if you find them annoying you go okay well i'm kind of over combat you know i've got like 300 hours into this game or whatever i don't feel like fighting something you can just say yeah i'm invincible now so never mind and i appreciate oh. that yeah 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 absolutely 100 percent. it's 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 very good. I guess the only limiting factor really is that you do have to go and sleep at night. Like you can only stay out until midnight. But considering that you can increase a game day, like an in-game day to IRL 40 minutes, that's I think is okay. Like you can get a lot of done in 40 minutes. <laughs> and uh, But you, could, you can make days as short as 15 minutes as well if you want to, I don't know, get through a season quickly or something like that as well, which is really nice. It still sounds super interesting. I, I will play it eventually, but I didn't get it during the Steam sale, the, the spring sale. Mm. I just, I'm playing other games right now. I There's no point in getting it right now, but I will eventually because you make it sound so fun. It's so fun. It's so fun. Games, games like that also don't really, pe people don't generally lose interest in them. Like from a watching perspective, people will just kind of watch that type of game, I find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it. It's just like because you can kind of jump in and out. I mean, yes, there's a broader story, but I mean, I've had streams where I've done zero story progression. I've just done farming and mines and all that sort of stuff and fishing and, you know, it's it's you know, there's always something to do, but you don't miss out if you weren't there for like the last two hours or something. You usually generally don't miss that much happening, anyways. So it's good. It's been yeah, it's been really fun. I've been really enjoying it. There's always like eight things you need to be doing at the same time. <laughs> the game is like, yeah. here's three different things you could do in opposite areas. I'm like, uh, okay, I guess I'll choose one. <laughs> but I mean, that that's that's like that's what these types of games do. They just they just give you so much to do, so you have to like a do do list, and you forget half of the stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, Anyways, and then you go back and you're like, oh, crap, I was going to drop this off at the museum. Oh, there's this character that I need to give a get present to. Oh, fishing. Oh, that's sparkling. That's a legendary fish. I got to go get this. Oh, what was I doing of it? Uh, okay. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah, one of those games. I see. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, but it's, it's yeah, it's it's really good. Like, like, honestly, I I feel I feel so sad. Like, I feel like these devs could have taken all, like a real advantage of like Twitch and promotions through Twitch and YouTube um because i think they would have like it, it's getting there like more people are buying the game but i feel like they could have taken real good advantage of of twitch it's it's a hidden gem for sure still like it it yeah like if you look at it like it has i mean it's now up to 4.6 thousand 
uh, reviews on Steam. So it's getting there. Like it's slowly, like you know, that's quite a lot of reviews actually. But more it's people are getting sold over a hundred thousand copies. Yeah, yeah, it's it's getting there now. Yeah, it took it took a while, it took a while to ramp up. Yeah, it really did. Like it's been. I mean, it's been out for three weeks at this point now, and it's obviously wasn't early access as well. So people bought this. You know, it has been on sale for 18 months, technically, so. I wonder if we'll end up like Terraria, because when Terraria first came out, it came out kind of a whisper, and, you know, momentum built up, and it became what it became. I mean, that would be great. I would really like it. I feel like, so, I feel they, I don't know, they shot themselves a little bit in the foot, because what they did is, um, so they had released Sunhaven, like, but, like, literally a couple of days before, on the 25th of February, they also released Sundown, which is sort of farming plus vampire survivors, sort of similar to Atomic Crops a little bit. But they released this like two weeks before the other game came out in full release, which people didn't know at the time. So they were all like, oh my God, you're releasing a game when your game is still in early access, raw. And um, they released it at, like released it and then a day later they patched 1.1 which added a lot of content to the game like before there was no roguelite there was no progression like there was no meta progression even though it said on their screen there was gonna like on the on the steam page it says there's meta progression that sort of stuff so i don't know they they have they have such cool ideas and they have such good um they have really good pixel art and all that sort of stuff and the gameplay is solid but they they end up making like decisions that kind of shoot themselves in the foot a little bit i don't know why <laughs> it's like it's very odd it's very odd but still sunhaven is really good play it <laughs> <laughs> too long didn't read good yeah a little bit a little bit man people are being real mean to sundown in these reviews yeah, I mean that it was it was kind of a botched re release, and I don't know why they had to release it that quickly and then patch like a a whole actual end game into the game a day later. Like, why not just delay release for a, a few days? I don't know. It's it's odd decisions. A little like you know, like odd <laughs> organizational problems. Maybe yeah, like. maybe I don't know. I, I I bought it. I haven't actually yet played it. I was going to play it and check it out as well because I do like Atomic Rops, but like I don't know. I don't know. That's technic. It's technically not an early access. I think Sundown. No, nope, so, it's just a full release. Yeah, it's not expensive. I mean, it's four pounds, but like, yeah, don't know if they uh, if they're going to add more to it. But it is in the, it is uh, it takes place in the Sunhaven universe. Sorry. If you want more Sunhaven universe, I guess you can get Sundown, which is just a completely different genre. <laughs> well, I was wondering. Not Sorry, speaking Mike. about the Sunhaven universe, um, Kiri and FG, do you guys want to talk to us about Terra Nil, the uh, very heavily anticipated by some people anti-city builder? Ah, oh, I guess. I guess. <laughs> do you want to go first, FG? And I'll, I'll be the counter voice to everything you say, probably. Yes, sure. Like, I, okay. So Terranel is not actually an anti-city builder. It's a puzzle game. It's an environmentally, like your, your job is to restore the environment. It's a puzzle, as a puzzle game. So it's not an anti-city builder. There's no city building or anything like that. Or you, you don't really build back a city um, with like logistics or anything like that. It is, it is just 
it is a it is a puzzle game it's uh it's got gorgeous art it's um i found it i found it relaxing to play i took i took a, like i took my time with it and very slowly played through the maps and kind of worked on unlocking everything um i wasn't like i was kind of looking forward to it but i never actually so i never actually played the demo but i know a lot of people were excited for it so i i played it as well on release and i i had a good time with it i didn't love it but i think it's good but yeah it is it's it's not a silly builder it is it is definitely for people who like puzzle games so and, i have a question yeah um, sorry sorry for interrupting uh no no, how no all good, good would you say that this game would be on a touchscreen no, it's not a touchscreen game at all, no. Because no. it's apparently free on Netflix, which oh, that is or true. included yes. with your Netflix subscription, which yes it is mm -hmm. actually. Interesting. So I'm I don't downloading think I would that on my phone right now. Yeah, I don't think I would enjoy playing it on a phone, but then I don't game on a phone per but, se. Ever. Just from the controls, I think it would work. Maybe yeah, no, no. No, actually, because when you when you're about to play something um you move the mouse around to see where it goes. Well, then I suppose that's, that's probably just an extra confirmation step if you if you yeah, use touch probably, screen. Yeah. So I, I suppose it works well. Yeah. So so the thing is, um, so the game has different difficulty settings. It has Zen mode as well. There are four maps and then four. So that's that's the story mode because um, there is a little bit of a story. Like you play through four different maps, you restore different biomes, you bring back different animals um on one map you put penguins and polar bears together which is really weird and everybody in my chat was like super disturbed by it and just went like they don't live together what are we doing here they live on opposite <laughs> ends of the planet yeah yeah that was that was really weird um and i would say after you've played those four maps the actual game starts and the puzzles get really hard the four alternative maps are actually really hard and they require you to like start, then fail, and then restart the map again. Uh, and sometimes the map RNG just screws you over as well because the maps are randomly generated. They have they have um, dedicated features. Like for example, you know, one will have like buildings on it. The other one will have like, it's like a crater and there's like rivers and stuff. But like the way it's actually laid out is like, randomly generated and sometimes the layout is just really bad and you get screwed over so i liked it i didn't love it but i think there's a certain type of pe pe people that will really really like it if you like puzzly games where you have to you trial and error stuff and you have to um you know try again figure things out um i think i think people will really enjoy that I was kind of surprised how short it was, like the four, first four maps. But I guess if the real nitty gritty is like in the later maps, I guess that makes sense. I kind of wish the maps had been bigger and you'd kind of done more like on a like on, on a bigger map, bigger scale and work up from that. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I wasn't hyped for it in the first place, but there is i don't know a little bit lacking for me like it's not bad but it's also not like 100 for me the game but i also didn't hate it so for me it's probably more like a sort of like a seven out of ten maybe a six out of ten game rather than like a one out of ten or ten out of ten but uh 
Kiri, you have an opinion as well, don't you? I do, I do. Um, I agree on on gorgeous art, because it is. It's got chill music, which is nice. Very uh, quiet, though. Super quiet, oh, so yes. Quiet. I told yeah. them, though, I told the developers, because they were my chat. Oh. So they're going to mm. make the music louder, and they're also going to add uh, accessibility settings to turn off the screen shake. Because mm. there's certain levels that is screen shake. Yeah, I found the snow worse, though. Oh, my God. The snow and the rain. <laughs> the snow was bad when I was zoomed out a lot and kind of mm. had, like, half of the screen was the actual diorama and half of the screen was just nothing. Like, mm. Over the edge, basically. That that was bad for me. Yep. So I made sure I didn't do that. But oh, Yeah, same. <laughs> uh... I like I like the concept a lot. I like that you restore the planet, restore the ecosystem, and then after you're done with all your buildings and stuff, everything's green, you've restored and brought back the animals. Uh, you pack up your buildings, you recycle everything, and you leave, and you leave with no trace, leaving no oh. trace behind. And I, I love that concept. Um, I'm not one for puzzle games. And so I, I played through those first four levels the, the i don't know it's all the base game but I story also mode I, I would call it yeah, story mode it's, yeah it's not a story though you're not telling a story you're just restoring like a part of each continent of the planet but it's connected because later on at the end you go go back quote unquote to all of the biomes to grab the the things and then leave don't you so yeah it's sort of a campaign i don't know a campaign campaign I, I, yeah there is no story though but yeah so you, mm. you play those four levels uh they're okay um and i didn't like the the early game at each level because i i kind of had a decision paralysis but where, where, where do i start where do i put this building because i didn't know what was what i had to do later and you you place buildings you spend resource points and then you have certain buildings like if you use the toxic scrubber and remove the toxic the toxicity from the ground and then you get the irrigator you turn it green again and then you get those resource points again um so you have to do it well and that stressed me out so much so i didn't find it chill at all I enjoyed the mid and end game of each level because then I had enough resource and I knew it was going to be fine no matter what. Um, I absolutely detested the level where you have to melt snow. <laughs> I was so excited. Volcanic glacier, we're going to be in a winter biome. But what do you have to do? You have to melt the snow. Unbelievable. Well, so, you melt it first because it's polluted and then you can bring it back. The ground below is polluted, yes, you remove the snow, but they don't actually tell you that right away. So I got really mad yeah. about it and upset. <laughs> and then I figured out, oh yeah, I have to bring the snow back. But while doing so, I still had lava on the map. It's like, come on. Anyway, so I played through those four, first four levels and then you get to the super hard ones, as FG mentioned. And... Um, the first one was the quarry, I think. Mm. And that was when I actually <laughs> um, made it close to my breaking point because the map just, well, the game didn't tell you a certain thing. It actually told you the complete opposite because you, I was stuck in a cycle of, I need, I need trees. In order to build a forest, I need 
a, a ruined, like a ruin of a, of a building. In order to get that, you need to set fire to a certain biome. But in order to get the biome, you need a tree. So I was stuck in that circle of, I can't make this happen because I don't have any of these things. And in the previous level, the, the easier one, you could set fires and, and that was okay. In this level, you had the same building and it told you specifically you need to, you can only set fire to that biome. Done. But I couldn't get that biome. Turns out you can set fire to something else as well, but the game doesn't tell you. It specifically mm. says it only works on that biome. And I got really mad about it. And then the next super hard level, I rage quit. I just absolutely rage quit. It was, that was it. So I think it's a good game for certain people. Definitely not for me. It's, no, I got so upset and that really doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's interesting because, like, I feel like this is one of those instances where the game maybe isn't communicated that well as to what it is from the outside looking in. But... Yeah, because they say it's a strategy game. They don't ever mention it's a puzzle game, but it is a puzzle game. Yeah, it's definitely a puzzle game, one hundred percent. Like, there's no, it's not a city builder. It's not no. like a strategy game. It's it's a puzzle game because you have to figure yeah. out how to utilize the environment to build what you need and that's just it's either you get super lucky and you trial and error it or you have to puzzle it out yeah and then if you mentioned that already you, the the super hard levels you have to play them fail and then try again but i spent two hours on that level until i realized this is not working the way i'm doing it i have to start over but after spending two hours really being annoyed by the game, I don't want to start over. Like, that's just it. So yeah, it's definitely not for me. It's not bad, but it's not for me. Yeah, I, I, had, a, I had a not bad time with it, but I'm also not, like, hyped to get back to it. I already <laughs> uninstalled it. <laughs> I'm not like... going to touch that ever again. No, there there are some achievements that I still want to get because they're easy to get. Yeah, no, I, no, <laughs> and that's no, I it. can't be bothered. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and and if you cater about achievements, some of the achievements in the game are really hard, like really hard. I'm going to uh, say let's shift gears kind of completely <laughs> and uh, dive underwater. Raul, do you want to talk about uh, Dave the Diver? Okay, so Dave the Diver is kind of a fun, different game where you are a um, you're a very large diver, uh, who you go in and you dive underwater, you catch fish during the day, uh, in the evenings you pop up top and you are like the manager at a sushi shop, where you are also like the waiter and everyone else, and it has this fun like aesthetic to it like you're, you're going through and you're like you find out secrets while you're diving and there's all sorts of stuff going on down there but um the cinematics that happen are beyond over the top ridiculous in the best of ways just like i'm not going to spoil any of the the things but like when you when you research a recipe just they have like this entire sequence of like the chef learning the new recipe and all that with all these ridiculous cinematics and like genuinely it had me in tears laughing once or twice just 
because you was like, all right, you know, I'm going to get a, a weird reaction out of this. And then how over the top it was catches you off guard. Um, I didn't end up getting a chance to quite finish it because it's still early access. And I think I had one more story quest, but um, I got into a situation where I bugged my character and none of the controls responded. So I got to watch myself slowly drown. Um, oh, no. Uh, and I was like, okay, I've been playing this for a bunch of hours. Like, I'm going to wait till it's done so I can keep doing it. But it was, it's a lot of fun. You just catch fish, you get a bunch of upgrades, you do all that stuff. Um, but you have like the upgrade path and then you have like the, the sushi restaurant part, which is just kind of, it's, it feels like a very mild plate up or something where you don't have like all the different automation stuff you do. You just run around and you have staff and everything and try and serve customers in enough time. This game is impressive to me because it's got 10,000 overwhelmingly positive reviews. Oh, wow. Like, mm. good Lord. <laughs> I remember yep. playing the demo and I, I enjoyed the gameplay loop. But trouble with the camera and, and simulation sickness. Yeah, I don't think it, they changed that yet. I don't. I don't think there are any settings to make the camera better. Nope. No. Yeah. Okay. It has. It has. Uh, when you're diving, it's got smooth cam. It. Uh, and then it zooms, doesn't it, or something? When you use the harpoon, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, it zooms in and out. Yeah, it yeah. does the whole, you know, intensely focused zooming in, and there's screen shake uh, that you can't turn off, like. For me, like I didn't enjoy that part about it, but it didn't make me sick. Luckily, like I could play it. Um, I, did you did you actually get to like chapter three, Roll? I'm trying to or, remember the chapters. I where it's where all the story stuff yeah. happened, where you have like the flashback and that sort of stuff of like Bancho and the hotel and everything. I, Did she get to that part? Like that's how it starts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As in there, because I got um, because I'm trying to not spoil. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I will say I got to the part involving a princess. Is what I will say. <laughs> okay, I found I I really enjoyed the game up until chapter three because then there was so much text and story, like, and it's just I'm just like I just want to go back and find like catch more fish and do dino dash sushi bar stuff and <laughs> i don't want to sit through like because when you start that chapter you legit have like 15 minutes where you just sit there and read out text because stuff is happening and it's obviously obviously not voice acted so you have to read it all out and it's just like 15 minutes and it's like come on i just let me get back in the water <laughs> yeah there are definitely parts where you had a bunch of story. i guess Part of the thing that's throwing me off, because like at the same time I'm playing Sunhaven and I played Stardew before that, so I've maybe I'm used to ridiculous amounts of dialogue. Like don't get me wrong, Sunhaven's not bad about maybe, it. Yeah. Like there's definitely been worse. There's definitely been games where I pull it up and it's like, ah, new game. You're just starting. Um, how would you feel about eight paragraphs? Oh, and there's a third page of these. Uh, before you play any controls <laughs> and you're like, all right, come on. I I know you want to do your world building, but can we take this in bites, please? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I found it very jarring from before. I mean, yes, there was text, but like there was always a bit of story. Like there was a bit of a backstory, but it wasn't never like that jarringly long. And then because all the quests after that, there's also lots of story with the princess and everything like that. And like, it kind of felt like you kind of stepped away from the whole fishing thing. And I'm like, just let me fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely times in games you're like, you know what, I'm I'm here for a good story sometimes, but right now I just want to play your game. 
Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. I haven't actually finished it, but I, I think they announced their 1.0 release date not too recently, right? Like maybe in the summer? Am I remembering that correctly? That they are going to do like a... a I want to say that they like talked about that or something. Maybe I maybe I'm confusing it with a different game. I honestly have no yeah, idea I... the 1.0 story for the game. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, but no, I really hope that they add some accessibility settings because while I was nice. able to play it, it was not super duper nice because, like, it didn't make me sick. But like, if I can turn off screen check, I want to turn it off. So I really hope they add some stuff in the future because it's a good game. Like the gameplay loop is very satisfying and it's fun. So next on the list here that I really want to hear about uh, is FG, you played Dredge. I did. That was Dredge. I know that we've talked about Dredge quite a few times on this show, so yeah, I, I guess impressions of the actual game now instead of demos. So I really liked it. It's really good. They nailed the atmosphere. Um, the art is the art is gorgeous. Um, I'm not going to tell anything 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 about the story, uh, except there's two endings. So you know you can you can choose what you want to do. Wait, um, have you finished it already? Yeah, I have I finished it. It's, it's it? short. It's short. Oh. It's, I took it took me 14 hours okay. while okay. streaming. It is. Too I sweet. did not 100 the achievements. Um, Meaning I did not get all the upgrades. I did not get all the fish um, that you can catch in it. So I didn't I didn't spend time on doing that. Um, so actual completion is probably a good, I would say, two hours more maybe. Um, so it's not the longest of games, but it, it, it at the same time, it felt good to finish it at the point where it finishes. So they kind of nailed the length. Right, it's it's short but not too short, and it's not it doesn't overstay as welcome either. And you can always go back. So um, no spoilers, but um, you get a hard save before you do all the ending stuff. So you can always go back and get like achievements that you missed. So you can oh, do nice. like you know all the fishing and you can all the upgrades and that sort of stuff. You can get all of those. Um, you can also get both endings with one save file. I'll also say that if you care, you don't have to start a whole new playthrough to get the other ending or anything like that, which is nice too. Um, and it's just good. Like the the fishing mini games are fun. They don't overstay their welcome. Like they're not annoying. They're 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 sometimes a bit tricky, but they're not like tricky that you sit there frustrated and you fail all the time. Um, there's all they also have a relaxing fishing mode if you don't want to do all the mini games, or you want to make the make it a bit easier on yourself, or you you maybe have some um like a uh, hand eye or like issues with your hands for example and that sort of stuff um art is gorgeous the music is good um and yeah i i really enjoyed it it could do with some more accessibility settings for simulation sickness because i know kiri tried it and just you couldn't yeah ride. no i i couldn't. had to know about immediately but they yeah, have so many accessibility options already in the game it's just yeah not for simulation sickness yeah so so i think i think your biggest issue was that um the camera will straighten itself out when you start going like forward it'll no. like, if you're looking at an angle and then you wait and it will straighten itself out itself no you can actually turn it off 
Okay, so what I was your problem? My problem was when I turned the boat to the left or to the right, the camera, I don't know, does a weird thing. Like it swivels, kind of, and then it, it was really strange. It does have a bit, yeah, yeah. when you turn, it does have a bit of smooth cam going on as well. That's yeah. true, yeah, it does And do it's that. so yeah. fast too, because there, there was mm. camera sensitivity, but that was only for when you turn the camera with a mouse, but mm. not when you turn the boat. So I, I could mm. go straight, but I couldn't turn the boat. Yeah, yeah, and you definitely need to turn the boat yeah. in certain situations. I I was surprised it was fine with me. The only thing that got me um, is so there's a it, it, it's somewhat it's it's basically like the, the the best description is like it's sun skies or sun seas but with fishing. So you do go insane and you do go you know mad uh, if you're not careful. And um, you can turn this off, but um, by default it has like this extreme chromatic aberration and that made me sick so i turned it off which is yeah fine. yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah it's funny because um, you can turn it off but it's it still has the effect in the menu it does have the effect in the menu yeah yeah you can't turn it off in it's the like, menu that's true yeah yeah it's a bit weird but uh, yeah. yeah hopefully hopefully they add some more um boat settings as well so you yeah because I, I, yeah. I told them on twitter or i asked them on twitter basically mm. and i haven't had anything back i don't know yeah, I I know it's it it it's really good. It nails it nails the the atmosphere like really good. It it feels it's like it's like suspenseful and and um like the the horror, but it's not like cheap horror. It's not jump scary. It's yeah, it's really good. Like it's it's maybe I need to buy dredge. I would mm -hmm. I would recommend it. Yeah, it's fun. Like I enjoyed it. It's, and as I said, it's like short, right? It's fourteen hours, so it's not like I was worried um, it was going to be like a 90 hour game and I'm no. just like, oh, man, I don't need another one. <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, I definitely spent several hours just kind of boating around. Also like catching just random fish here and there and making money and that sort of stuff. You can probably finish it even faster than that, than what I did. Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. And the right, like, I, the writing isn't like, it's not Sunder's sea sun of sky a level of writing but then that's just like amazing levels of writing <laughs> but like it does enough to like make a shiver go down your back in certain bits like the descriptions of the fish like i recommend like because you get the fish versions then you get the aberration versions of the fish and like just to read those like descriptions you kind of go like oh okay. oh that's yep. not I've heard enough. yeah it's I've heard great enough. yep oh yeah that just because like, I remembered it, uh, real quick, slight spoiler for Sunhaven, there, do is a, there, there is a spider character in the third map. Like, she's not super spidery, but there's a little bit of spider-ness going on, Kiri. All right. Just as a warning, it's the tailor in the third town. She, I don't think it's too bad, but she does call herself a spider and that sort of stuff. I think but, that's all right, because yeah. it's pixel yeah. art. Yeah, yeah, but just as a warning. Only the, the spiders in Diablo 4 dropping from the ceiling i was mm. terrified they will do yeah. that kill it with fire yeah 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 kill it with ice i think but worked. fire ice lava <laughs> everything sword. yeah just... oh yeah no no i i actually screamed and and froze and uh it closed my eyes it, it was it was that bad just don't knock yeah. your desk over no i, I didn't do that that's good <laughs> that's good <laughs> but yeah no that was my that was my review of dredge basically is uh it's really good. Buy it.
I may, may, maybe I should buy and play through Dredge so that we can do a spoiler cast, FG. Yeah, I really enjoyed talk it. Talk about story. Yeah. All right. Um. So I got two games that I could talk about. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys which one you guys would like to hear, and then I think maybe I'll save the other one for the next episode. Um, mm, okay. But uh, I got Death Roads and Full Gear. Death Roads is a card game, and Full Gear is a roguelike that has graphics that look like they were drawn in MS Paint. Full Gear. Full Gear. <laughs> Same. I don't like card games. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't like card games either, but I played a card game, which okay. Okay. is... Like saying something for me. Yeah, that that's that is always saying something. Okay. But so full gear it is then. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, full, so full gear is a steampunk traditional rogue roguelike made by a single developer. Um, and I'm not joking when I say that it its graphics look like they were drawn in MS Paint. Um, I recommend going to the Steam page and having a look at it. It's, I think it's got yeah, it's got four reviews currently. Oh. Um, it's like twelve bucks. It has a demo, so you you can go play it. Um. It's kind of interesting. So for, first off, when, when you start the game up, there's a lot of dialogue at the, at the beginning. It's got a lot of writing in it um, and a lot of very, like, cinematic bits for a game like this. Like, you know, character walks onto screen, fade to black, dialogue pops up on screen kind of thing. So there's a lot of production value in this thing, first off. Um, second, it's got some really neat mechanics, but the way that they're presented is also really interesting. So it's it's a traditional roguelike, so you know you go in, you die, you start at the beginning, no meta progression, right? But it's got a mode where it arbitrarily locks half of its features and drip feeds them to you as if it were a game with meta progression, which is kind of neat. Um, so if you're somebody who needs to like have things given to you slowly over time, you can just simply click a different button when you go to start the game and, uh, it arbitrarily locks a bunch of features and then drip feeds them to you instead of just throwing them all at your face. Um, so if you're not somebody who likes to, you know, get everything all at once, um, and just learn, uh, you can kind of have a more normal, I guess, progression to a modern video game. Um, so with that aside, it's a... It's a steampunk roguelike. So it's it's entirely gear-based. There's no experience. Uh, but you run around the this kind of dungeon area after completing the pretty good little tutorial, which I managed to hard lock at one point because I put a thing in in a wrong order. Um, but uh, once you get through the little tutorial, it's it's a dungeon crawler. So it's a, it's a turn-based roguelike. Uh, t- time ha- moves when you move. So you move, they take their turn, etc. Uh, it seems to be working on a timeline system, so things have different priorities. But the kind of unique mechanic is you get a gear, and the gear goes in the bottom right of the screen. And as you progress, you'll be able to assign items to your gear. And each turn you take, the gear flips uh, one, like, forward, right? When the item that hits the top activates whenever the gear rotates. So you could fill it up with heals, you could fill it up with little effects, you could fill it up with passives, and they all trigger as you're moving. So there will be points where okay, I'm in a bad way and there's a robot running at me, but if I wait four turns, then I'll get a boost for three turns or whatever. Um, so you're like, it, it becomes very positioning focused of just like, okay, how how can I move my little dude here to a different angle so that I have my lightning smack when they're next to me? Um, 
combine that with also uh, that you'll be finding parts around in the world uh, which can be assembled into autonomous drones that just operate independently of you that you have some control over but mostly just do their own thing and it's literally just like okay I found an engine okay I found a little control computer okay I found a gun okay now I can strap these together into a drone or I could just make one with an engine and a control computer and eyes and use it as a like extended vision um, so there's a lot of customizability there that I haven't even like scratch the surface of um there's also differing gears with different numbers of like um forks on the edges of them so that when they pop up to the top um you you have like either less or more power-ups that you put on it so instead of having uh, a cog with like i don't know eight all the way around you could have one with 12 you could have one with four so if you want your heel pop up to pop up more frequently you can use the other ones um it has a bunch of modifiers that make the game harder uh, I've seen a f the first few areas, and so far I've encountered many a robot that want to cut my face into pieces, um, weird lizards and snakes and things, and also like uh, friendly, uh, air quotes, um, engineers that will talk to you and scold you for breaking their hard work. Um, and it's kind of <laughs> got like a, an Indiana Jones sort of vibe. Um, the, the conceit for you dying is that uh, the person who's at the top of the dungeon put an implant in your brain that kills you and clones you right before you die so that you reappear and you're still alive. And there's like some persistent dialogue from run to run. So like they talk in between runs and she yells at you for not making it very far. It It's it's a neat little thing. Um, and, you know, it's it, I don't know if how much I'd recommend it to people who don't like these types of games because like it's one of those genres where you either love them or you don't know that they exist. Uh, but it, I, I don't know. This is it's. It, I was initially turned off by the art. Like I, I don't like the way the game looks. But the, the more I play it, I'm like, wow, there's actually a lot here. So it's, it's neat. That's full gear. I have to, I have to say, when you talked about it and you said this is Emma's paint art, I imagined it to be looking so much worse than yes, it actually me too. does. <laughs> but like, it but, looks like it was drawn in Emma's paint. Uh, yeah, but by like somebody who can but... somewhat draw, like that, I would not true. be able to do this. <laughs> like it, it, yeah. But, but it, when it I use them as paint for something, it doesn't look that good. Yeah, same. there's some MS Paint wizards out there. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm not but, like, knocking the... it, but it it kind of has that aesthetic to me. But nah, I was I was definitely mentioning something worse. It is it is definitely like um simplified art in a way but it's a very like uniform style almost throughout the game i think so i think there's some people who could that yeah who would really like this or like who likes the who like this art like it doesn't and, it doesn't um, look bad it's just a choice really i think also reading reviews of it because i'm unfamiliar with this de developer's history apparently they've made a lot of uh, minecraft maps with a similar aesthetic in the past oh so interesting. they're a minecraft map maker turned developer that's cool. Yeah. But, nice. yeah, neat little game. Showed up in my inbox. Tried it. Enjoyed it. Cool. Want to play more. Nice. That's always good. All right. Uh, so I'm looking at the list here. And, uh, you know, I, j just because I've seen the reviews of it, FG, <laughs> why are you playing The Last of Us? See, that's what I put it. That's why I put it on there. Because I'm, like, the 1% of people for who the game actually runs well. <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> like you have the exact I, setup that they developed it on. Yeah. Well, so no, like apparently, so I have like this perfect storm of uh, 
of of components and os that actually make the game run really well so um to recap last of us part one the remaster finally came out for pc 10 years later after the original came out and you know a while after the remaster came out uh for consoles and it's a mess in a way um like it, it it takes forever to when you start up the game it takes forever to build shaders like like or cache shaders it literally can take up to like two hours like people have run out of refund time because they were still building shaders and <laughs> that's just it's just bad right that's just bad like that's that should ridiculous. not happen it's absurd it's, it's insane i mean like horizon zero dawn had the same problem to a degree not as bad though like the pc port um i remember I was, like i was gonna stream it and i got the i got the game and i installed it and i was gonna and i started it and then um i was literally sitting on stream uh waiting for half an hour for the shaders to cache and uh just had nothing to do so like it's it's not unheard of that that happens with with you know sony ported games but it, it's it bad it's really bad for for this one um and you can't stop playing before the shaders are done but and i expect a lot because it takes so long so people get impatient now i expect a lot of people did this it runs kind of bad when the shaders aren't done caching like it just runs bad like it stutters it's unstable it can crash so that definitely this like i think that definitely contributed to the bad review scores because for for a lot of people that didn't wait for them to cash like it just it just stutters but it also just runs badly on certain hardware um i feel especially on nvidia cards and i'm on an amd card which is also what is in a playstation and apparently um if you try to run it on windows 10 and dx11 or windows 10 and dx12 it also runs worse than on windows 11 and dx12 which i'm also on so i have good components i have an amd card and i'm on you know windows 11 and apparently that's like the perfect storm to actually make the game run really 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 well i had stutter while i was caching shaders because i was also impatient but for me it didn't crash once um i had some stuttering and hitching and some loading screen like please wait while we like actually load the shaders for this area um but as soon as they were done um caching for me i have no crashes i have no stutter i have no the mouse micro stutter that reviews talk about so i got really lucky um and i'm really happy i'm finally playing last of us after 10 years <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know that's that's why i put it on there because like yeah like right now i would definitely say don't buy it wait until it's actually all fixed um because there are there are a lot of people are having a lot of issues but i suppose if you're on a on a on an intel uh 1300 uh, 13700k and an amd 7900 xtx then uh and you're on windows 11 i guess then try it because for me it runs well <laughs> that's yeah it's um it's definitely kind of been uh a massive shit show and it's kind of embarrassing like it's an embarrassment to sony that they've released it this way and yeah they, they've had some patches out which apparently have helped some people but made it worse for other people you know as patches go so 
definitely definitely don't touch it right now um and give it some time but then i would have for example said the same thing exactly also about the port of uh, horizon zero dawn because that was also a mess when that first came out and it was bad and it got good like half a year later so yeah wait and see which is really unfortunate because i know so many pc games that have been waiting to finally play this and now it's here and it's shit so it's kind of meh. it really sucks but yeah i'm i'm just happy it works for me <laughs> sony's such a mixed bag on those ports eh yeah, because some of them are really good. Yeah, they're either, like, really good or, like, somewhere in the middle between really good and terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's really odd. I don't know, but, yeah. I've, I'm, I'm just happy I finally get to play The Last of Us. I'm not super far in. I'm only about five hours in, but... Ah, finally. <laughs> I'm glad you can play it. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy it worked for me as well. But, yeah, like, definitely wait, especially because it's full price, right, if you buy it, like... I mean, I bought it. I bought it on Humble. Sorry, I got it for cheaper because I have choice. Um, like I had a discount on it to a degree because I mean, I still play for choice, but I get games for that. But um, yeah, I would definitely, definitely say uh, wait, wait and see for until you buy it because this one is not good at the moment. Like it doesn't run well. The game's great, but it just doesn't. It just from for the majority of people, it just runs like crap, especially on if you're on a slightly lower end system. But even, yeah, like like a so, 3060 or something. On the topic of The Last of Us, uh, Raul, do you want to talk about Project Zomboid for a little bit? Sure. Um, I know it's something that's been talked on the podcast before because Sui, Drongo, and so many others have dipped their toe in. Um, so Project Zomboid is a zombie survival game. And it's it's a roguelike in the sense that when you die well actually it can be roguelike or roguelike depending on how you play because you can start a brand new world i was gonna say don't don't start this don't start this conversation with me because you will lose well <laughs> that's what i'm saying is blind it's it's is... a survival game if it's not a turn-based game with randomly generated maps it's not a roguelike not even close blind is very much in the berlin interpretation camp well, that's, that's fine <laughs> it's a survival game mm-hmm <laughs> I love that. Very good. That's yep. all it's got. Yeah. But uh, there's no roguelike mechanics in that whatsoever. But, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, the point being is, when you die, you lose everything. If you make a new world, like there's no XP carrying or no meta progression, it's it's gone. Um, you can also play in the same world as your previous character, which I actually don't recommend outside of multiplayer. But um, in that case, you know, you keep what you've collected and all that. Your your former self is now wandering the world as a zombie to reclaim your stuff from. Uh, so you do have some progression. But um, the game is really, 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 really good, and I highly recommend it. Uh, it is one of those games that once you get good enough that you can survive for like three, four, five, six months, you kind of go, okay, well, what do I do now? Um, and you have to come up with your own objectives, and that can be fun for a while, uh, but it can be difficult. Um, I have been playing on a character that I've been playing on since August that is my personal best. I'm, I think, 141,000 kills on that character on, like, kind of its default difficulty cranked up. But um, I used to hold the record for the highest kill count run ever streamed at 135,121 zombies killed. That that got beaten, but um, it's it's a really fun game. One of the things I appreciate is a lot of games, your deaths can feel really 
like RNG, you didn't, you weren't in control, like something off screened you and you had no chance to react. Um, and I will say in Product Zomboid, I've only had one death in my entire time playing it that I was like, hmm, that's not fair. Like everything else, I'm like, ah, this is, this is the cage I put myself in. Okay. <laughs> mm hmm. I've never gotten to that point in Zomboid where I'm that good that I can just survive. Like, oh, I don't same. know. I feel like if I got good at Project Zomboid, I would enjoy it less. There. Like, hey. my, the way I like to play Project Zomboid is, is I get a server, and then I get four friends together, and then we make a bunch of really broken characters that are really, really bad at everything, and then we all jump into a, like, a, I don't know, a, a, a Honda Civic, and then drive downtown with baseball bats. Let's <laughs> see how many kills we can get before we all die horribly in the next 30 minutes. And it's great. That's how I enjoy that game. Yeah. No, there is really... And I'm, I'm not going to say it's a problem. It's the classic. You have some games where as you play it, your character gets stronger and becomes more and more powerful compared to the world around them. And then you have the games that the enemies progress to become more and more powerful as you go. So like it scales up the difficulty. And Product Zomboid's definitely in that first category where every day alive, it's easier to be alive another day. Um, and so you do mm. get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm one-shotting all the zombies. So, like, combat, while it's satisfying to watch the zombies fall down, kind of gets stale after a while because it's just very samey. But um, that's after you put in, you know, two, three, four, five hundred hours into the game, you start getting to that point. So, like, where, where you can reliably get there. You know, and at that point you've kind of gotten your money's worth because I think it's like, what is it, like 20 bucks or something like that? It's a very cheap You game. can get it for dirt cheap when it's on sale. Like you get a four pack and it's like, what, like four or five bucks or something for one copy. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's been around for a long time. Like, holy moly. But it's still being like developed and whatnot. And I'm actually, like the new update sounds really good <laughs> whenever we get it. Like it could be like, Later this year or in three years, I don't know, but it looks it's really good. It's the only really game good. that's got a slower development cycle than Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that and and I would almost put Seven Days to Die in that ca same category by now. Like, they've been around so, so so long that, like, zombie games are now, like, sort of making a comeback and they're still around from that first cycle of zombie games. My my favorite factoid about Project Zomboid is that there are versions of that game you can't play anymore because the consoles are no longer supported. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wasn't it originally sold on a website that doesn't exist anymore? Basically. Oh, probably. <laughs> like Desura or whatever it was called? Uh, I like mean, uh, I bought Zomboid on Desura. Same yeah, with yeah. Kenshi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I bought both of those games on Desura. The difference is I don't still own Kenshi. I do still own Zomboid, mm. But, man, Desura. That was a weird yep. time. Mm. Um, is there anything else we want to kind of say about Project Zomboid, or are we just kind of... I mean, I... I, I actually realized... Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. Go. I, I was going to say, I'd just say, like, if you're into either... Like, if you're into games that death is punishing, um, it's a really good game for, like, the survival element and all that. It's also got a ridiculous modding scene. We're, like, talking, competing with stuff like RimWorld and that modding scene. It is absolutely bonkers. So, it does have a lot of stuff there, but... It is, it is one of those games I think most people pop in 
they're going to play for a while and go never mind because I do think it's a niche game. But it's it's excellent if you are into those kind of survival punishing games, I would recommend it. Question about the modding scene. Can I play as Thomas the Tank Engine? I'm pretty sure if if you can't play as it, you can definitely play riding it. I've definitely seen some Thomas the Tank somewhere. Okay, good. <laughs> it, is, it, it is a perfect mod scene then. Nice. When they put Thomas the Tank Engine in the game, you know it's a good modding scene. It's it's like that and when when pro wrestlers start showing up in the game. <laughs> That's how you know it's peak modding scene. Oh, I think mm, I true. think there is a mod that they've got the jump scare violin sound. I th I think yeah. they have like Randy Man Savage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that would be pretty good. It's like either that or the Kool Aid Man just screaming at you. <laughs> it's like one one of my favorite mods for a game ever. Sorry for a random tangent. Um, removes the realistic pooping sounds from Songs of Six and swaps it out with ducks quacking. <laughs> Pretty great. That, that sounds more pleasant. It's than... way le it's way like less gross. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the developer claimed that he recorded all of the sounds with his mouth, and I am disturbed by every, every by it every time. I oh hear my it, god. So. I just thought that that sentence would go somewhere completely different, and I nope. was kind of low-key horrified <laughs> for a while. <laughs> no, they're not actual pooping sounds, but it, he, yeah, he made the sounds himself. Thought. He just made fart sounds. Like okay. 20 minutes. Okay. It's the most complicated sound file in the game. It's upsetting. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <It's>, yeah. <laughs> Kiri, what, what, what is Touch Type Tale? Yeah, that's that's a cool game. That's that's out now, actually. I played the demo for that, I don't know, a year, two ago? It's a 2D game, an RTS typing game. So imagine you've got a little map with several waypoints. You've got a town hall somewhere, and the enemy has a town hall somewhere. And there are words above each building, and you type that word then you're in that building menu. And then if it's the town hall, you can hire workers there. So you type the word that's standing, up, like that, that it says above each worker. That's how you hire them. And then you type the word above the mine. So you enter the mine and then you do mining stuff. So everything you do, you do by typing a word. And it's super cool. You get to build a farm also for getting more gold. Then you get to build military units. Um, so buildings first, barracks, and then different military units. And then you can move them around by typing the word for a path. And then they move over there and then they fight the enemy. And there's a campaign, which is really fun with also different game modes. There's even a cook, serve, delicious level, which is, which is ridiculously hard. And a skirmish mode uh, against AI is also competitive mode. It's it's so much fun and it's very difficult because I'm not a fast typer, um, but it's it's very good. It's Epic exclusive, so they removed it completely from Steam, and now it's only on Epic. But I had a great time with it. I enjoyed it. It was stressful, but fun. How long are the words that you have to type in it? Because I think that would determine my stress factor. Yeah, so that I, I was playing on normal, so there's easy, normal, and then I, I think there are two harder difficulties, and mm. I had short words. 
Okay. So, like, so you can, I don't know, five, I mean, I, maybe I'm, I'm six I'm letters. Looking, I'm looking okay. at a screenshot right now, and it's like plague, out, bulk, salam, uh, mm, hiccup, okay. perk, raise, maroon, okay, gift, movies. Yeah, floats. that's doable then, okay. Yes. Also, it's a medieval setting, medieval fantasy, because there's also a bit of magic, because you, you play a boy, basically, who has a magic typewriter, and you collect ink by writing words correctly. And then once the ink bar is full, you can then use it to cast a spell for either getting more gold, scouting a waypoint, rooting enemies to the ground, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the art. It's really nice. Um, yeah, it's a really good game. I like typing games. I also liked Epi Story and the the other one, mm. the other Typing Chronicles game. So I think... Nano? Is it Nano Yeah, Typing of the Dead. I don't know that one, but yeah, Nano. It's a first-person shooter. Oh, yeah. Mm, okay. yeah. I'll play that. You, you, you type the words on the zombie, and uh, the zombie gets shot. Yeah. It's like House of the Dead, which is an oh, I would love that. arcade game. <laughs> I just really um, like typing games. I think they're super fun. And this this is actually an RTS, and it works surprisingly well. Like It's so well thought out. Also, so, sorry. You go, you go, and then I just remembered something. No, I was just going to ask if it's... if it is it um timed epic epic exclusivity or is it like epic exclusive forever and ever and ever and ever i think it's forever now because it's actually the publisher and they removed every trace of it from steam which generally mm. means that it, it's you're never going to hear about it again yeah the it's sad. store is not good because mm, it's, yeah. it's a great game but it has twitch extension that's what i just remembered um mm. and there's different yeah, modes for it there's the it's always alternating between the streamer plays and then chat plays and there's a free-for-all for example and then everybody in chat can just type words and that happens on the screen then which is kind of a mess it's also really funny wow um, but, yeah that sounds crazy <laughs> it is but it's as long as chat doesn't mind because for mining you actually have to stay in the mine and do the words but then there's chatterly and then that never worked but um Chat can simultaneously hire people, move the military around, do the farming, and so on, and use magic spells. And then there's the uh, the vote mode that didn't work either because of delay, because then it's just the word that gets uh, typed in chat the most is going to be executed. doesn't work with streaming that much. But then there's also uh, the user user choice or something. So basically... Uh, there will be a word displayed on stream and the first person to write it in chat is the one who can control the game then for the next, I don't know, 45 minutes, uh, seconds. Sorry, 45 seconds. And that's oh. really fun. And then, then it's the streamer's turn again for, mm. I don't know, however oh, yeah. long you want, you can customize that. Mm. Yeah, so really fun chat, and chat integration as well. And just for me, exciting gameplay. I like it. Nice. Does it have achievements? It does. It does have epic achievements, yes. Nice. That's good. <laughs> so I think that kind of brings us to the end of the list of games, unless there's any uh, anecdotes or things people would like to toss in here at this point. I, I forgot a game, actually, that I played. I mean, <laughs> maybe save it for the next episode that you're on at this point. Um, I will probably forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> write it down in the list 
um but uh, yeah yeah maybe maybe okay i i, I will i will uh, i will forget about that good okay <laughs> FG will forget about this um, yes i will definitely it's like the 100%. anti telltale game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But uh, on the topic of anti-Telltale games, uh, we're, we're going to go take a real quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the news in this week. And uh, it's probably going to be some interesting things to cover because a lot of stuff happened. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. And we're back with episode 62 of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. We're going to be talking about the news in this week. So we got kind of a a couple of stories here, and uh, two of them are kind of connected and one of them isn't. So I'm going to, uh, I don't know, just start off with this first one because, uh, I don't know, it's an easy one. Uh, Microsoft is no longer doing the $1 Game Pass trial. So for those of you who are unaware, if you somehow missed it, for the last couple of years, Microsoft has had this deal where either if you buy Xbox uh, I, th- I think it's if you buy Xbox Gold or if you buy a few other things or if you just never subscribed to Game Pass before, you could just get a Game Pass subscription for the for a dollar for the first three months, which is a phenomenal deal. Um, I got it once and then had Game Pass for about a year and then has since unsubscribed because we stopped playing Age of Empires, uh, which was the main thing that I was playing on Game Pass. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm no longer a Game Pass subscriber, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious... Uh, Anybody else here surprised that it lasted as long as it did? I am actually, yeah, because like they they surely surely must have lost a lot of. I mean, obviously, it like it probably it probably did what happened to you. People would get the offer and then stay subscribed for a while, but like I don't know, it it feels like such a loss leader. Like I don't know. It's it's surprising that it stuck around as long, especially because you could finagle it and just get it again and again and again for that price as well. Like even on the same account, like if you if you just did it and then waited for half a year, you could just get the one dollar offer again and just play for a month whatever you wanted and then get it again half a year later. So yeah, it's definitely surprising that it stuck around this long. It still says it was great promotion though for them. Mm, it was yeah maybe absolutely. they they lost money because of it but the promotion amazing yeah i assume like like just like for my own streams as well going like yeah i'm playing xyz today it's also on game pass which you can like if you've never had it before you can just get it for a dollar and try it out yeah i've definitely done that with a game i did that with grounded that was like the month that i had game pass when that came for first came out and i was like yeah you know what i didn't get a key for it i'm just gonna jump on game pass for a pound, I suppose, and try this game out. That's an early access, so I don't have to pay for it and get burnt on an early access game in case it never gets finished. <laughs> Smart, yeah. Yep. I never had Game Pass. I only had it for that month, and after that, I didn't anymore. I, I, I was pretty consistently pl- getting my money's worth out of it for a while there. I would play one, at least one game a month that cost the monthly subscription. Nice. And Perfect. It worked. And then there was like four months in a row where I didn't, and I was like, eh. Mm. And also Dwarf Fortress came out, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I reshifted my priorities. I didn't have Game Pass myself, 
but I vaguely remember, and I think it was The Verge who had the article, um, I think it was this last summer, that it was one of the publishers who had games on Game Pass that they basically attributed Game Pass to like a huge loss in sales, so far as money amount, because, you know, people bought the Game Pass, played the game, and then didn't buy the game outside of Game Pass. You know, no idea how mm -hmm. much, yep. like... You know, sometimes people exaggerate stuff with that kind of thing, but so no idea like how credible their claim was. But I think once that announcement happened, that was going to get less people willing to participate with Game Pass so far as publishers, which kind of, you know, I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did, but I feel like that was that was the thing that was going to make it so it didn't have a chance of sticking around. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I don't know. I I I had like yeah, it was it was cheap, but then like um organizing storage, like changing the storage of games on the Microsoft Microsoft apps and like not having it installed into a fold like OS folder and like the download speed constantly fluctuating from like fast to like really slow. And then you had to like restart the download and I don't know, like I, I had personally always more trouble with the actual app than for me felt worth it because it was always so messy like i remember jess just constantly having <sighs> troubles with it yeah not being yeah. able to get it to work at all yeah yeah because we were trying to play like age of empires together and her yeah. was constantly messing up yeah yeah true but I think for like gaming on a budget, it's still great. It's a fantastic oh, deal. Absolutely. And if you're yeah. not in the enthusiast market and you don't have 17 terabytes of hard drives in your computer like me, and you don't care about what drive stuff mm. gets installed on because you only have one, it's a great service. It is. I think it's really good for like families as well. Like you just get that subscription and you just be like, mommy, mommy, I want to, or daddy, daddy, I want to play this game. And then just like, yeah, okay, I'm going to download it. Here, here, it has the Minecraft on it. There you yeah, go. Yeah, it has <laughs> the Minecraft and yeah, and that sort it of stuff. It doesn't have exactly, Roblox exactly. on it, which is great. Yeah. You know, and then also you and, get other and cool then, games around the edges. Exactly, exactly. And they have like family plans and all that sort of stuff. So it's definitely good for, for, a big group of gamers that exist for sure yep i was just never i think quite the target audience for it same but then as a as a variety streamer and variety indie streamer what are you gonna do with game pass really yeah yeah i don't know there's plenty of exactly like i played both like norco and citizen sleeper on game pass on stream and those were games i didn't get key for so, yeah, fair. Like you don't always like I don't know if you're not necessarily gonna get key for every game that you want to play. There's plenty that pop up there that you know save you some mm -hmm. money as a indie variety streamer. Not everybody gets every key for every game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yep, oh. that's true. All right. Uh, so, so this next this next story kind of kind of needs some lead up, which I think is kind of funny. So, um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Ubisoft's uh, President Eve uh, was giving an interview, and they asked if, he, if Ubisoft was going to be at E three, and he said, "Oh, if E three is happening, we will be there," or something to that effect. And um, then E three was like, "Hey, so like E three is happening," and Ubisoft was like, "Well, I, I guess we'll be at E 3 um, And then the other day, uh, thanks to this article here on Video Games Chronicle. 
they announced that uh, actually we're going to be doing a show that week, but we're not going to be at E3. Um, and I think that I can probably just run this directly into the next article that we have here, uh, which is then uh, like within 24 hours, uh, E3 2023 was canceled completely. The physical event and all of their live stream uh, E3 branded events uh, have been canceled. Um, I don't think the average person will really notice because the first week of June is still going to be full of announcements like Microsoft is doing a thing, Sony is doing a thing, Nintendo is doing a thing, Ubisoft is doing a thing. It's all happening in like that same time in June. Um, plus, there's the Summer Games Fest, who uh, Jeff Keighley has been very, very um, stabby. He's got the knives out over there on Twitter with mm-hmm. his responses, which honestly, hats off. There's a lot of people that are like yelling at him and are be like, have some respect. Like, nah, this shit's funny. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> f- frankly, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's an end of an era and also just a really weird space because like, it's, it's not like COVID killed it. It just died. Mm. <laughs> Do you think it's ever going to come back? It seems like such a hassle, and if everybody's doing their own thing now, like, why bother, right? I No, I don't think it's going to come back. Sorry, but go ahead. Yeah, no problem. I was, I was going to say, from from working the conference scene in my past, I used to always give talks and all that on the tech side, dev side. Um, when you have a conference that cancels this close, because it's only about two-ish months out from when it was supposed to happen. Yep. They've people already have hotels mm-hmm. booked. A lot of bridges doing this. Yeah. So it's really unlikely people are going to trust them going forward that they need to trust them to make this go off the ground and not be kind of, you know, dead conference on the go. So I I do think E3 mm-hmm. as we know it is done. Not that it couldn't be some different like live event or um sorry, not live, like virtual event or something, but I don't think it'll ever be what it once was. So No, no. That's a good point. So for people who like maybe are unaware who are listening to this, E3 or um, the ESA is a like an American-based lobbying group that lobbies on behalf of video games. And E3 is their biggest revenue driver of the year. So they're a political organization that lobbies on behalf of video games. So, you know, when the American government is like, hey, yo, loot, loot boxes, these seem awfully like gambling, uh, the ESA will throw money at them and be like, no, they're not. They're not gambling. Um, so that's what the ESA does generally. Um, and the and E3s existed because all of their very wealthy member companies uh, would show stuff off at the events. Um, and starting in like, I think 2009 or something, Activision stopped going officially. But like, yo, you wanted to see the Call of Duty? Well, we're at this hotel up the street, right? And over the years, it's just been every year one more company just drops out and now it's at the point where everybody is international and not on u.s soil uh based companies and there's no big um large uh companies left that are even attending like i think the it was like play on and a few other people were announced um which is essentially just a pax and because it's not a consumer focused event and it's a like an industry focused event even though they theoretically would let consumers in um it's not a pleasant event to go to just as an attendee 
Like if you just have a PAX badge, or not a PAX badge, uh, an E3 badge, you can do less than you could at PAX. You can line up for a few booths and play two minutes of a video game that is very unfinished and not ready for public consumption, and that is about it. And all of the really cool stuff that people think of when they think of E3, the normal E3 badge doesn't even give you access to that. You need a press badge or a even an upper-level press badge to get into um, any of that side stuff. And... Uh, also, a lot of the events that happen in the city now that are affiliated with um, uh, the Summer Games Week, um, some of those events actually have their own separate spaces in these hotels now that are completely unrelated that don't require an E3 badge, right? So there are actually going to be physical things happening in LA that week, just in different hotels that you have to sign up for separately. And that's all for press again anyway, because in order to get into those events, you have to sign up as a member of the press. So it, in, in a way, kind of, if you... I, I feel like things are going back to the way they're supposed to be because I don't think, like... I don't think E3 is an event that people should go to. It's, it's, it's for press. You know, a lot of the biggest problems that have come out of E3 over the past years is because people see too much of E3. Like, we're not really supposed to see those press conferences. They're press conferences. They become, like, big public showpieces, but, you know, originally they... They, they weren't for public consumption. It went that way eventually, but this is, it's a, it's supposed to be an industry event. I mean, like, they, yeah, no, that's, that's totally true. Like, like a lot of the stuff that like E3 slowly over the years morphed into because it became so public, like public and publicity focused as well was like, we, you know, we got those, you know, quote unquote, uh you know in-game trailers that were like fully rendered and all that sort of stuff like you know like the public like doesn't showcasing stuff the public doesn't understand that. that this is not a final product right and you're, yeah, suppo exactly. you're not supposed so you're to, to believe make it like... everything that you see on those screens because that that's not a final product that's what they're aiming for they're not necessarily yeah, gonna but... hit it yeah and then like like say it like either like maliciously they they you know obviously brought out those trailers or because you know they it was like a press showing and they were like trying to drum up hype and whatnot and it just kind of went more and more that way and then you had like you know like nintendo starting to do their own thing and that sort of stuff and pulling out because the thing is to actually you can't just go to e3 as a company right you also have to like um apply and ask to be part like just look at devolver like they wanted to back in the day and then they e3 like esa just said no so they did their own thing and completely took it over the top uh which is amazing they just every the building year. across the street and put up a big sign <laughs> exactly exactly and like and it's like expensive to go too. like yeah. you have to pay a fee and everything to go for like those companies it's it's crazy so it's like it's esa lobbying I, I, I funding am... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is in a way. And I I am a little bit sad that E3 is going away because it was like this yearly event. It was like kind of video game Christmas in June because like all the announcement would happen like in this one week and it was all condensed. And then you'd have like, you know, you had like the slash art uh, slash games, like the E3 list and like there would be a recap for everything. And I was like super excited and you got like cool announcements and... You know, I don't know, like, there was definitely, like, there was, I, I enjoyed E3, like, you know, for, for, like, the hype and whatnot, but 
I, I, so I will miss that, but I also can 100% understand, like, the landscape of, like, video games and video game announcements and, like, shows and all that sort of stuff has, like, it has changed so very much. There's just not really a space for E3 anymore. And, yeah, it is tedious to now go and watch all those different showcases. But it puts everybody a bit more on even footing because now you get like these smaller showcases that kind of since uh covid have exploded like just look at the wholesome sh uh, wholesome showcase or the gorilla it's collective. like suddenly this massive thing and it's i don't know it's like it's like like the production value is getting better every year and they have like you know cool games on there and it's just i don't know like it's it's like it's nice that like that sort of stuff is taking over which is a little, well, not just a little, it's a lot more grassroots than, you know, as you said, the big political lobby. Like, it's it's nice. It's it's cool. I'm excited to see where this, like, all changes to, even though, yes, it's going to be a bit bit more tedious to kind of keep up with everything, that's for sure. I, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be harder to keep up with things. I because like that's kind of what Jeff Keeley and the Summer Games Fest is trying to do is just try and make it a digestible organized ish thing so that at the very least yeah, live streams aren't running it's... concurrently yeah but like as you said like there is currently stuff running concurrently you have like I don't know a bajillion different Twitch channels where everything is running or YouTube channels where everything is running and you have to kind of like yeah, true. you know coordinate that and then check here and then check there and then there's definitely also some companies that have no clue on how to do like a showcase and they're like absolute snore fests. <laughs> and, oh God. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's definitely a shift in, in the whole industry. And I'm, I am actually kind of low key excited. Also, I do miss, I, I will miss the hype a little bit of E3, E3 week. Cause it was like, E3 is coming up. All the I used to just like go. straight up not sleep the week of E3. would just be like watching announcements all day and then listening to podcasts in the evening about the announcements that day. It's good times. Yeah. Yeah. It was good times. Yeah. Definitely. I definitely stayed up late for certain years for like certain showcases to like watch them and see what's coming up and yeah. End of an era. Yep. End of an era. Well, all that being said, uh, at this point in the show is when I say where we are ranked in the world. Um, and currently, as well as of this morning when I checked, we are the 220th most listened to podcast uh, about games and leisure in Poland. And the 72nd most listened to podcast in Honduras. Um, so shout outs to our massive fan base of like three in Honduras. And... Um, <laughs> Thanks to everybody in Poland who listens to this show. And uh, I, I thank you. At this point in, in, in this episode is where I'm going to say uh, to our lovely guest, Rol, uh, who are you and where can people find you on the internet? So I'm Rol Storch. I mentioned at the beginning that I do a bunch of variety streaming. Um, I do it on Twitch under Rol Storch. That's R U A L S T O R G E. Um, yes, I realize it's hard to spell. My apologies. But um, as play a variety of games, as I mentioned, I do advocate for people with disabilities and neurodivergent conditions. It's something I've done since well before streaming, and I just keep doing it because, you know, it's a place we can use more help. AFG, who are you, and where can people find you and your and your otters in a trench coat? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hi, I'm FG Squared. I am not three otters in a trench coat. I also. 
uh do not run a cult and it's not my birthday um just you know would like to clarify that but you can find me um and everywhere i am just by going to fgsquared.tv and the uh queen of the snow castle kiri yes i'm kiri you can find me on 2dkiri.com and I'm a floating skull. I don't know. Where, where do you find floating skulls? Twitch.tv slash B-L-I-N-D-I-R-L and other platforms under the same username. Uh, this podcast, this is the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. New episodes go up every Sunday with a variety of hosts from Halcyon Frequency. If you want to find more episodes of this show, you can find that at halcyonfrequency.com. If you would like to discuss this show, you can do that on our community Discord in the podcast talk room. And if you want to help this podcast out, uh, I know it's a struggle, but like, go make an iTunes account. Leave us an iTunes review. It doesn't even need to be like about the podcast, and it, it doesn't even matter how many stars you give us. I think we're a five-star show for a five-star runtime, but frankly, do whatever the heck you please. Um, and uh, aside from that, not much is going to change until next week, so don't touch that dial. This is Halcyon Frequency, signing off.